Good morning, everyone. Uh, once again, thank you for joining in with us uh, today. Um, it, it continues to be just a real privilege to be able to, to share together in this way. Um, I, I, as I just was getting ready to, to, uh, to share this morning, I just become so aware that I think over the last few weeks, I think rather than what we've been looking at, what we've been talking through has actually provoked more questions than it has answers. In fact, I think I'm hoping that that would be the case. I'm hoping that some of the, the, the things that we've shared, some of the challenges that we've laid out, um, have provoked more questions than actually providing answers. And, uh, and it's those moments that really rely on, on, the, on the Holy Spirit, isn't it? And, um, and so let me pray in, in that sort of vein this morning that it would be the Holy Spirit that would speak and those things that come up that we wrestle with and are challenged by, um, that it would be the Holy Spirit that would speak to us. So if I can do that, um, and while I'm doing that, uh, we're going we're going to stick with um, Acts. We're staying in the book of Acts today. Um, I, I think we'll start at Acts 13. We're just going to flick through a few um, different places in the book of Acts today. So if you want to grab your Bible and uh, make your way to in and around Acts 13, that would be great. So Father, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart will be pleasing to you my rock and my redeemer. And God, I pray that we would have uh, ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us today. We have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thank you for what it means to be part of the church. Um, the church doesn't always get it right, doesn't always put on its best front. God, but we thank you for the church. We thank you that you've uh, that you've laid down your life, you've give yourself for the church, and, um, and we just pray that you would continue to refine us and mould us into your likeness. And so we pray that our hearts would be open, ears would be open to what it is that you want to say to us. So I pray, whatever, whatever, uh, our living rooms or wherever it is that we're listening from, there, whatever they look like. The noise, the chaos. We just pray that you'd help us in our own way to be able to be attentive to your voice, Holy Spirit. I pray, Amen, Amen. Um, I do hope that you've uh, had a good week. Maybe some of you have been able to get uh, a few days off, and um, hope you'll be able to enjoy that. It'd be really great if we could get some uh, get some good weather, and we're hoping for that for uh, for next week. Um, it's been really great, actually. Some people within the community uh, have been asking um, when we are going to be back again with songs of hope. And, uh, and so the weather has beaten us a few times. Um, we've also had people that we couldn't do without have been away. And, uh, and so hopefully next Sunday we will be able to gather here once again um, in, the, in the car park, be able to lift high the name of, of Jesus over this community. Um, so please keep it free uh, if, if, if you can. Um, just as I begin this morning, I'd, uh, I'd love to start with, uh, with a quote that I read um, last week as we looked at the story of, of Peter. Um, if you've been with us for the last number of weeks, 
uh, I think it was three, maybe three weeks ago now, um, we looked at the story in Acts chapter 8 of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch and, and how Philip, uh, it wasn't regular what he did. It was highly irregular for, for, for what took place, but he, um, he, he, he jumped up and he sat with the Ethiopian eunuch and shared with him Jesus. He was willing to respond to the voice of the Spirit. He sent him uh, in some ways to the other side. Uh, Neville took us through uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, and then last week we looked at the story of Peter. I just continue to reflect on this quote. It is a lengthy quote, so um, stick with me. Uh, Peter, I should give context, sorry. Um, Peter has uh, has received this um, word from the Lord. He's been hungry. He's went up to the roof to pray. He um, and then he fell into a trance and he saw heaven open and a large sheet fell from heaven with all types of four-footed animals. And the voice comes and says, "Rise, Peter, kill and eat." And Peter couldn't believe what he was hearing. It went against all his traditions. It went against everything that he that he uh, that he had believed that he had um, that he had followed his his whole life and he and it's why I think we would probably do the same it's why he said this cannot be it's, it, it can't be and um, three times it happens three times the voice comes says Peter don't call anything unclean what I have called clean and so we're left with this question, and this was the question, will Peter hear this new word from God, and will Peter believe this is a new word from God? This is the condition of risk in which Christianity comes to exist, and without which authentic Christianity does not exist. And then he goes on to say um, that William James Jennings is the, the author of this, of this quote. This is the risk of faith that comes to each of us, but none of us carries alone. And uh, can I say that um, none of us carries this alone. And in the words of um, the newly promoted Premier League team, Leeds United, we are marching on together. None of us carries this alone. Forgive me for the shameless uh, plug of... Um, my beloved Leeds United being promoted to the Premier League. Uh, hopefully you haven't switched off and you're still with me. This is the risk of faith that comes to each of us, but none of us carries alone. The risk here is not found in believing new revelations, but in new relationships. And here, and it's this last line, the new word God continues to speak to us is to accept new people, different people that we had not imagined that God would send across our path and into our lives. And this, this is the trajectory that, uh, that the book of Acts takes us on. What has taken place, that the Holy Spirit has come upon uh, this small group of people in, the, in this little room um, and it's began to spill out onto the streets of Jerusalem and it's incredibly exciting. 
but it stays within one people group. It stays within one region. God will do whatever it takes for this to go to the ends of the earth, for this to reach all people groups, all types of people, whatever whatever way their life has panned out, God is going to do all that it takes to reach these people. And this is the trajectory that we are taking on in the book of Acts. I think ultimately it starts with Jesus. Jesus comes, he sent, God should love the world that he sent his son Jesus. Not to condemn the world, but in order that the whole world, that everyone will be reconciled to him. And this is, and I think this is what we see in, in Philip, that we see it in Peter. And now this morning we want to look at um, the story of Paul. We want to see some examples in the life of Paul. With Philip and Peter, we've seen, we've seen two men that were willing to go beyond their comfort zones, willing to, to go beyond what they had previously imagined. They had not imagined that God, the people that God would send across their path and into their lives. And they ended up, they end up visiting, they end up sitting in the home of, they end up sitting in the chariot of those seemingly unclean. And they are presenting Jesus to those that are on the margins. They are presenting Jesus to those that have been often overlooked. They're presenting Jesus, and to keep on using the language that we've been using, they're presenting Jesus to those that are on the other side. And I think as we then, as we follow this trajectory, Paul takes it even further. And we're going to look at a few places, um, starting in Acts 13, where, where he does that. See, Paul takes it even further. He, so much so, that his life was in constant threat. I'm been, as I said, as I've as I've said a few times, I've been just delving into the book of Acts again over the last number of weeks. And Paul's life is just in constant threat because he's been willing to break free from the status quo. The, the religious leaders they cannot cope with this. They want everything kept black and white, everything neat and tidy, kept in a box. Ultimately, keeping God in a box, and Paul comes and breaks that open. Paul. Um, and because he's done that, because of his willingness to respond to the voice of the Spirit, to, to respond to the, to the ways of Jesus, he finds himself in constant threat. He finds himself in constant threat from the religious leaders, but he also finds himself in constant threat from the, from those, from the crowds that the religious leaders had stirred up. And we see that several times um, from, from Acts 13 right to the end. So we follow Paul's journey so acts 13 this is a place that we that we've been to several times i think uh, and possibly for, for for different reasons but see our default again if you're like me I, as i've said i'm like i'm wrestling through this as much as i'm trying to lay down the challenge for you i'm incredibly challenged by all that we are looking at over these last number of weeks and I'm incredibly aware and really in this season I'm incredibly aware of how my default is comfort how my default is is sameness if that's if that's even the right way to put it my default is the sameness to stick with what I know 
to stick with the people that think like me, that look like me, that act like me. My default is sameness. My default is comfort. But I'm so grateful for the likes of Paul and Barnabas. So grateful for the, for the likes of uh, Simeon and Lucius and Manny and those that, that were really attentive to the voice of the Spirit. And it, and it truly is a work of the Holy Spirit. And maybe we haven't emphasized that enough. See, Philip, Philip went in response, in response to, the, to the voice of the Spirit. Peter did the same. And then we see it again in the, in the life of Paul, in, in Paul's ministry. It was, it was a response to the voice of the Holy Spirit. It truly was a work of the Holy Spirit. And that's, I think that's important for us to hear because like, like us, I think they would have stayed in their own silos. They would have stayed in the same place. They would have stayed in the same uh, place of comfort and what they, what they knew if it wasn't for the work of the Holy Spirit. They put themselves in a position where they were attentive to the Holy Spirit in Acts 13. There were prophets and the teachers and uh, all those names that I've already mentioned and while they were worshipping, verse 2, while they were worshipping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. When men and women give themselves to the disciplines that attune the body to its hunger for the Spirit, they will find themselves receptive to the voice of God. And again, I just just take take a moment here to to remind you of the disciplines that we looked through um, over our Thursday nights together. There's twelve of them, uh, and they're available on our on our website somewhere. But when men and women give themselves to the disciplines, and I think maybe not all of them, but there will be some of them there that will help attune your body to the to its hunger. For the spirit. And when men and women give themselves to those disciplines, they will find themselves receptive to the voice of God. And the Holy Spirit will take us, if, we, if that's what we commit ourselves to, if we commit ourselves to prayer and to fasting, if we commit ourselves to, to silence and to solitude, to waiting on the voice of the Spirit, to be attentive to what He is saying, it is, if you follow. Uh, through these characters, through these stories in the scriptures, you will see that the Holy Spirit will take us to new paths. He will take us on new paths. He will take us towards new people, towards new places. The Holy Spirit is is longing for the good news of Jesus, for this uh, life-altering, transforming uh, news of Jesus to get to everyone, everywhere. And I love 2 Corinthians 5. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. And I need to be reminded of that. We need to hear that again. Because too often I think what restricts us from going to the other side, what restricts us from, from following the Holy Spirit and those new paths towards new people is because we, we can't help ourselves but, but count people's sins against them. And I think we... we we once again need to look towards Jesus, but we want to we want to look and be and learn from the lessons of those who were clearly imitating him. 
So, so still, let's, let's stay in chapter 13 and uh, towards the end of this chapter, we, we see Paul um, saying boldly to, to those that were in the synagogue, to those that were um, the Jews, devout converts to Ju- Judaism. Uh, verse 44, I can imagine this, on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when the Jews saw the crowd, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it, we now turn to the Gentiles. They now turn towards the Gentiles. And uh, like truly this was turning towards the other. It's not the fact that they were turning away from the Jews. It's, it's that they were turning towards the Gentiles. They are turning towards the other. They were following the way of Jesus, breaking down those barriers, those walls of hostility, and, uh, and turning towards those that were other. The Gentiles were happy about this. I love this. The Gentiles were were so happy that now that they were able to receive this they were no longer they no longer felt that they were out on the outside looking in but now this this message all that was going on was for them and we see those see many moments throughout the book of acts where the holy spirit came on the gentiles those that thought that they were always going to be on the outside looking in are now filled with the holy spirit in the same way that uh, that that the Jews were the same way that the that the that those followers of Jesus in Jerusalem had been filled with, they were now experiencing the same thing. The Gentiles were happy, but the Jews, those religious leaders, were furious. And this becomes the theme, I think, for one of the themes. There's a thread that we follow throughout, uh, to, right to the end of Paul's life. That every time he went to the other side, that every time something happened that took uh, the religious leaders outside of what they were comfortable with, outside of the status quo, they were furious and they stirred up a crowd. So much so that there was people that committed themselves that they would not eat or drink. They wouldn't, nothing would pass their lips until they had followed through in putting Paul to death. That's how enraged they were. And as I've said, we, as I started off with that quote that we looked at last week, speaking of Peter, I think the same could be said of Paul. The risk was not found in believing new revelations, but in new relationships. And so many people then, and many people now, still can't get their heads around this. See, the religious leaders, and maybe you will know of people that fit this bill, they they will be happy. So they were furious here, but the way to appease that anger would be to have everyone conform to their ideas, to have everyone conform to their traditions and to their interpretations. But Paul, and Paul, and we see it, uh, we see it probably more so in his letters, Paul was increasingly more interested for people to conform to the likeness of Jesus. That's what he was more interested in. Religion wants people to conform to their ideas, to their traditions, 
to their interpretations. And we see it, we see that in Acts 15. We see it as clear as day. Some men came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. See, their religion, religious leaders are happy if people will conform to our ideas, traditions, or interpretations. And that's why Paul and Barnabas got into sharp disagreement. They argued vehemently. They fiercely protested whenever they heard that that is what some men from Judea were going to do. After they had went to Antioch in response to the, to the voice of the Spirit when stuff was happening, when everybody was getting caught up with the good news of Jesus, uh, some men came and said, unless you are circumcised according to our customs, you cannot be saved. And I don't know if you're familiar with that type of language. I don't know if you've found yourself in a place before where unless you are King James only, unless you hold to the, to completely, to the, unless you're reformed in your theology, unless, unless, unless. Like, I hope that that has not been the case for you. Unless you conform this way, you cannot belong. Unless you conform to our preferences, you cannot be a part of us. And, and I, I feel like again and grieve at the thought of people possibly having experienced that. And, and, and likely people would, would have walked in would have walked away. And wonders are people listening that have that have walked away because they were bombarded with unless you do this, unless you jump through this, you cannot be a part of us. And that's why Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension with them, as I've already said. See not only were as we looked at, as we finished off last week, not only were Paul and Barnabas willing to listen, willing to love, willing to lay aside judgment and sit with, they were also willing to fight for those on the other side. They were willing to fight for them. They were willing to defend their, their, their right to receive the good news of Jesus, the love of Jesus without any condition. Again, William James Jennings says this, we, like the Judean disciples, are tempted to control the unknown and domesticate difference. Paul and Barnabas said no. We, like the Judean disciples, are tempted to control the unknown and domesticate difference. And Paul and Barnabas said no. And again, if we were if we had time we could follow uh, follow again the journey of Paul. 
we see how like Philip, like Peter possibly, that he, he ended up in the homes of those that he, he probably never thought he would have been in the homes of. This rich businesswoman, Lydia, the, 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 the jailer in Acts um, 16, find himself in the homes of the most unlikely people. Holy Spirit follows him onto new paths, to, into new places, to new people. The Spirit was leading where they would never have expected. I wonder if we'd be willing for that. I wonder if we'd be open to be so attentive to the voice of the Spirit that we would that we would be willing to go to the people and the places that He is leading us to. I love the places that Paul found himself in. I love his tongue. He would find himself in the in Athens in Acts 17. And he's and he's distressed because he sees that the city was full of idols. But he doesn't get angry, he doesn't throw his head up. He finds a way to engage with these people. He finds a way to engage with these people from this city. The like the language that he uses in verse twenty four is beautiful. Paul stood. He stood in the meeting, called out, "Men of Athens, I see that you're very religious, and he's seen that they had an altar with an inscription to the, to an unknown god, and he uses this moment as an opportunity to present to them the god." creator God who formed them who fashioned them created them in his own image and he presents Yahweh to them he presents this God to them the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else from one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design and skill. Here Paul is saying to these people, God, God has made the entire human race. In his heart he is hoping, he is longing that they would find him. He's created the human race. All image bearers, all created in his likeness. He's hoping that they grope in their way and find him. Because he's not far from any one of them. He's not far from any one of us. That is the nature of the God that we follow. Even, even comes to cities, comes to places that even though they've 
their cities are full of idols because he created them and because he loves them he's not far from any one of them he's hoping that they'll turn they'll make their way and they'll, and they'll find him we are all as Eugene Peterson said we are all that God created let me finish with this as I've said, I th- much of this is, is, is provoking possibly more questions than it is providing answers. First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, the words of Paul. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, so as to win those not having the law. And to the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. I, I love the what Paul is saying here. I'm deeply challenged by what Paul is saying here. Like essentially, he said, no matter what it's going to do to my reputation, no matter how uncomfortable it is going to make me feel, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win as many as possible. I'm going to follow every path that the Spirit leads me on. There's no, there's no people that, that, there's no different type of people. There's no new type of people that I'm not going to make my way toward. He's going to do all that it takes to win as many as possible. Makes himself a slave to everyone in order to win as many as possible. Remarkable. And I wonder would we be willing to do the same? Regardless of what regardless of what the gatekeepers of religion dictate to us, in order to win as many as possible, these are divides that you would be willing to cross over. Is there a reputation that you'd be willing to lay down? Is there a, a discomfort that you'd be willing to take on in order to win as many as possible? And so the challenge I finish with it the same as I did last week. Are we willing to listen? Are we willing to love? Are we willing to lay aside judgment and sit with others? Maybe even like Paul would be willing to, to fight for them. Willing to love them in such a way that will we'll defend them love them and listen really well so um hope that you're challenged today i hope that it, it, it provokes something in and within your own homes within your own within your own friendship groups um and if i'm wrong if you don't like like if you're throwing stuff at me now that's that's okay too yeah like i'm not saying i'm getting this all right 
but I'm more interested in conforming to the likeness of Jesus than I am to my own ideas and traditions and interpretations. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us to be a people that are teachable, help us to be a people that are willing to listen, help us to be a people that are find ourselves in a place where we're just willing to be attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and to where it is that you want to take us to. Wherever, wherever anybody that is listening finds himself today, I pray that they know that they are loved. Whatever they think about themselves, whatever other people have made them feel, even the church, I pray that they would know that they're loved. They would know that they're valued. Know that there are of significant worth. In Jesus' name, amen. Enjoy the rest of your day, everyone. Um, it's been great to be together. Uh, hope to see you soon. Bless you all.